The Cardinals have a setback in their attempt to bury the Brewers. We'll break down last night's disappointing game. Max Kellerman apologizes for his ridiculous comments about Albert Pujols. Bueno and Yachty, they're set to make history tonight. Plus, we will circle the bases and take a look at some of the bigger stories around Major League Baseball, including the Dodgers, Aaron Judge, and Mike Trout on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinal fans. I'm J.D. Haffron. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I do want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're also available on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Those likes and the subscriptions are very, very important. It helps the channel grow. So if you haven't done that yet on YouTube, I encourage you to check that out. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So on Monday, ESPN's Max Kellerman was doing a segment on his show called This Just In. And during it, he talked about Albert Pujols' chase for 700 home runs. He went down the all-time home run list, starting with Barry Bonds. He ribbed him for using performance-enhancing drugs. And then he mentioned how Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth reached their numbers of 755 and 714 by doing it clean. Then he got to Albert, and he said, quote, It is amazing how Pujols, who was in steady decline for years, suddenly, it's like he discovered the fountain of youth. I don't know how he's doing it. Oh, my God, the bat speed, everything. He's killing the ball. Matter of fact, bartender, I'll have whatever he's having. I mean, this is unbelievable. He sure has turned back the clock. I just wonder if there was anything that could be pointed to. How how does a player turn back the clock like this? I guess it's willpower and practice. All these years between then and now, he hasn't been practicing, apparently. And so yesterday, I blasted him on our uh, our show. Because it was stupid and transparent to why he would say something like this. Because it gets people's attention. It ignites chatter about him and his show. He had no proof to back it up, nor did he attempt to provide any evidence for the crap that he was shoveling. Yesterday, I broke down the similarities to what Albert is doing this season with the Cardinals to what he did last year with the Angels and the Dodgers and gave legitimate reasons as to why he would be hitting better this season. So feel free to go back to that episode listen to it, like it, and I made a pretty good case for why Albert's doing better this year. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who felt the need to speak out on what Kellerman had said. Cardinal Nation, we always stick up for their own, and uh, Pujols, he's about as uh, as close to untouchable as, as it gets. So you can see how the fans uh, would be upset. I'm guessing they flooded Kellerman and his show and ESPN with angry comments and suggestions on, you know, where they could put Max and his weak take on uh, – on our, our favorite guy, number five. So on Tuesday, Max said this in response to it all. Quote, yesterday on this just in, we showed video of Albert Pujols as he chases 700 home runs. I commented that he seemed to be hitting the ball much better than he has in a long time. Some, including Albert, inferred that my curiosity as to how he was achieving this recent level of success could only mean that he was benefiting from something other than a lot of hard work, practice, and his natural ability. 
For that, I apologize to Albert and the Cardinals organization. Now, according to Ben Fredrickson on SELtoday.com, Pujol said nothing about the show. The Cardinals in Major League Baseball, however, did voice their displeasure. In his article, Fredrickson, uh, Fredrickson went on to say that Pujols has come out swinging against evidence-less accusations before. Former Cardinal slugger Jack Clark did it in 2014, issued a public retraction after Pujols threatened a lawsuit against Clark for claiming during a radio show that Pujols was a juicer. Pujols dropped the lawsuit after Clark's apology and retraction. Fredrickson also brought up that baseball has developed the strictest drug testing policy in all of professional sports and that Pujols has spent nearly 75% of his 22-season career playing during these heightened testing times. He's never once been popped by uh, a positive test for a banned substance. He's never been linked to foul play, at least by anyone who didn't almost immediately apologize. So it appears that this has now been squashed rather quickly, if you noticed, and everyone is going to just move on from it. So um, if you are a fan of Max Kellerman and and you still watch his show, that's fine, I guess. But I, I, I didn't really watch it to begin with, nor do I care. I, I used to respect his opinions on boxing. Uh, he was pretty good at that. And uh, since then, he's been kind of uh, a dude who's like a lot of these clowns who just say and throw out just random takes just to get people worked up. And that's what I'll take this as, something that uh, he just did to get people worked up. Immediately had to apologize. He's done that. I say we give him no more attention. How about you? Uh, instead, we're going to talk about last night's disappointing game against the Brewers next. But uh, even though Albert clearly doesn't use anything to make himself perform better, doesn't mean that you can't. Let's be adults for a moment. It's September 14th. Summer is certainly winding down. I actually, I busted out the fall hoodies this weekend, which I'm not, I love wearing them. I love wearing hoodies, so I got no issues with that. But uh, nights are getting longer. It's getting cooler out. But the breeze, that is not the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Here's what you do. You sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so you don't have to worry about going to the doctor's office. You don't have to worry about the awkward conversations face-to-face with anybody, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy where you just stand around like, ugh. I mean, have you been to a grocery store recently and tried to, to pick up any sort of medication for a cold or anything? You're stuck in line forever. It's no fun. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. They say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Women love a man with confidence in all aspects of life, work, home, and, of course, during those intimate moments. And Blue Chew can help give you that confidence where it counts, just like a major league hitter. You want to be fully prepared the next time you have to step up to the plate and perform. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. We've got a special deal for our listeners. You can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and 
important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. So let's talk about what happened last night at Bush Stadium. Coming into the game, the Cardinals appeared to have a lot of things going for them. First, they were at home, where they've been one of the best teams in baseball all season. Second, they had left-hander Jordan Montgomery on the mound. The Cardinals hadn't lost a game started by Montgomery yet, and Milwaukee struggles against left-handers. And Montgomery, he'd already had a dominating outing against Milwaukee earlier this season. Also, the Brewers had to do a bullpen game last night. So you weren't going to face any of their top arms, at least last night. But none of that mattered once the game began. It started off with a pop-up to the right field corner by the leadoff hitter, Brasso, that Newbar misplays. He drops it. Then he went to pick it up, and then he slips, and he falls. And you could basically cue up the carnival clown music to this whole scene. It wasn't pretty. Just not how you want to start any sort of game. Kind of sets the tone in a bad way. Ironically, uh, it, it was kind of the way my Packers were on Sunday when the first play from scrimmage for the offense, the rookie wide receiver drops a 75-yard TD pass. Just an absolutely perfect dot from Rodgers to Watson, and he just boop, drops it after he burned the second there. It just gets everything out of whack and going in the wrong direction. It's never good to have those kind of things uh, be what starts off your game. So. We've got a runner at third to start things off. Not ideal, obviously. Willie Adamas, who I told you in yesterday's show, one of their dangerous hitters, he's now at the dish, and he drives an 0-1 fastball that was up and over the plate, down the right field line for a double, and once again, the Cardinals are in a hole early, trailing one to nothing. This, again, is something that seems to be happening a lot to this team. Even though they, they tend to come back and get the victory in the end, you still you don't want to be down to start the game off. It's it's not good. Odds are you're going to lose more than you're going to win. Things have, like I said, worked out for the Cardinals recently where they've been able to come back. But when you get to these better teams, you know, especially when we're talking playoff time, you don't want to fall down to them, man. It's going to be way tougher to climb out of the hole. So anyway, Montgomery gets the next two hitters, but then former NL MVP Andrew McCutcheon catches an 0-2 fastball. It's not a strike, but it's above the zone, and the real problem with this one is it's over the center of the plate, and Kutch drives it into the gap in left center. That scores Adamas, makes it 2 to nothing. Cardinals, though, the answer in the bottom half. Matt Bush got the start for the Brewers as they, again, go to that bullpen game. Donovan works a leadoff walk. Edmund singles, extending his hitting streak to 14 games, and then Donovan gets to third, bringing in Goldie, who I also mentioned yesterday, He's been scuffling of late. Edmund is able to steal second, second base during the at-bat, making uh, it 28 steals on the season. But Goldie eventually taps one in front of the plate and is out. No movement on the runners. They can't uh, uh, advance at all. That brings Arenado in, and the Brewers are forced to change pitchers because Bush uh, appeared. He kind of, I don't know, it looked like a, like the growing muscle is what he kind of pointed at. And when he pulled up after uh, after the pitch to Goldie, that's what it looked like to me, that it was his growing. So uh, he's done after just one out. And the righty, Strezlecki, has to come into the game. And Nolan greets him with a shot to the right center gap. Good piece of hitting. Balls away. Drives it that way. Scores both runners. Ties it up 2-2. Dickerson then grounds out, which brings in Albert. And after falling behind 0-2, Albert does not hit a home run. <laughs> That's a whoa. Calm down, everybody. Does not hit a home run. He hits a flare. Down in right field. That scores Arenado, making it 3-2 Cardinals. We go to the top of the second, and the Brewers come out swinging again. They get a single, then a double. Then there's a fielder's choice play on a ground ball to Arenado with third, who fires home to Yachty, and they get Arias at the plate. Perhaps they can wiggle out of this one, okay? You get the out at the plate. That's nice. Let's uh, gather the momentum and keep it moving, but no, it does not happen. Wild pitch by Montgomery. 
moves the runners over to second and third. Then a walk loads them up for Adamas, who catches a sinker down in the zone. But again, it's right over the heart of the plate, which is so dangerous in Major League Baseball. You can pull that crap on minor leaguers and in high school and college, but and the pros, man, they're going to pound you. And that's what Adamas does. Singles to center, scores one, ties the game up again. 3-3. Base is still loaded. Jelic comes up. He taps his first pitch to him slowly to shortstop. They get the out at second. Can't, can't turn the two uh, because the ball wasn't hit very hard. Run scores. 4-3 to three Brewers. Down in a hole again. There we go. Bottom of the second. Here come the Cardinals, though. Leadoff double by Tyler O'Neill. Donovan moves him over to third on a grounder to the right side. And on the first pitch, Tommy Edmond rips a single up the middle, ties the game back up at four apiece. Edmond then steals second base again. That's his 29th of the year, which is now second in the National League and fourth in all of baseball. But uh, Goldie goes down swinging on an awful. I mean, this was really, really bad. This is not a Goldie type of move right here. This is something like that you would see a 200 hitter who has no idea about the strike zone, chase a slider that was so far out of the zone that the catcher had to slide over and block it. That's how bad it was. Goldie just not seeing the ball very well uh, right now. So uh, he goes down swinging on a, on a horrible pitch, and then Arenado grounds out to end the threat. Everything's pretty chill until the top of the fifth win with two outs. Hunter Renfro hits a pitch up in his eyes. He, like, tomahawks it. And I remember as a pitcher – back in the day, and you would try to get these guys out on O2 pitches, have them try to chase the high heat, and every once in a while, one of these lucky some of my bitches would just and just spike it and tomahawk it, and that's what Renfro does here. He tomahawks a double, and then McCutcheon smashes a 1-0 curveball into the Brewers' bullpen to make it 6-4. to four. It's Kutch's 17th of the year. Montgomery is done after five, and things Get kind of sloppy after that with the bullpen taking over. Chris Stratton comes in. He gives up a double, then gets a ground out, then he hits a guy. That brings in uh, the left-hander, Packy Naughton, to face former Cardinal second baseman Colton Wong, also left-handed. Runners on first and third and one out. Wong taps it back to Naughton, and they catch the runner trying to score again from third base for the second out. Runners, though, during the rundown, they move up to second and third. Naughton then intentionally walks Adamas, who's a right-hander, to load them up for Yelich again, trying to get that lefty-lefty matchup, a little lefty-lefty action here. And on the first pitch, Packy Naughton hits Christian Yelich. He hits him in the elbow. Unreal. 7-4. to four. Stays that way until the eighth inning when the Brewers tack on another two-out RBI single by Renfro off of Zach Thompson to make it 8-4, to four, and that's how it ended. Montgomery gets tagged for six runs, four of them earned because of the error uh, to Newt Bar in right field to start the game. Gives up seven hits in five innings. He was missing his spots, clear and simple. Um, you've got his fastball was getting hit, but it's because his fastball was over the heart of the plate instead of hitting the corners. Up and down in the zone, he was doing that, but he kept coming over the middle of the plate, and that's where he got burned. That's what happened last night. The offense, they score four runs in the first two innings and then absolutely check out of this one for the rest of the game. They get shut out, and they go hitless after the third inning. Hitless on a bullpen game by the Milwaukee Brewers. Not good. Uh, Goldie goes 0 for 4. He sees his average drop down to 322, which is still fantastic, right? But over his last 11 games, Goldie hitting just 200, and he's fallen to third in the NL batting title race. So we need Goldie to, to kind of get things turned around soon. And seeing that at bat where he chased that slider way out of the zone, that ugh, that just shows you how, how he's seeing the ball right now, and it's not good. It's not good. So we got to get him turned around here sooner rather than later. Albert does get that RBI single early, but no home runs. He's still at 697. 
the lead in the Central Division. Now seven games with 20 to play. And it doesn't get easier tonight because guess who is coming to the mound at Bush Stadium? That'd be one Corbin Burns. And um, he's completely dominated the Cardinals this season. Seven innings and in all three starts against St. Louis and has allowed just one single run on eight hits in 21 innings of work while striking out 27. He owns the Cardinals. I don't know what adjustment they can make to, to change things against him. He's really good. <laughs> He's a great pitcher. So good luck tonight, boys. Uh, for the Cardinals, though, it's going to be another historic night at Bush Stadium. And this is something that should make everybody happy and make them, the, make them smile. Um, Adam Wainwright going to go to the mound tonight with the out of year Molina starting at catcher. And when that happens, they will be setting an all-time MLB record for games started as a battery with 325. Now, there is a uh, really cool story on The Athletic done by Katie Wu, where she sat down with Wayno and Yachty to talk about their careers together. Uh, if you get a chance to, to check that out, you should do that. Uh, they also sat down, and while they were talking, they uh, watched their first start together, which was at Minute Maid Park in Houston against the Astros back in 2007. It's pretty cool. It's good to see the guys sitting around and just kind of what they can remember and what they can't remember about what happened in that game. Wainwright's memory. Way better than Molina's, by the way. Uh, tonight, they are set to break that record, which is huge and uh, will likely never be surpassed again due to the fact that pitchers and catchers, they just don't play as long as these two have, and they certainly don't play for one team together like they have over their career. So it'll be a special moment when the game starts, but after that, it's back to business. Wayno, 0-2 and in four starts against the Brewers this year, but his last outing, a beautiful one. It was gorgeous. Nine innings, three hits. He allowed just one run. He struck out eight. Sadly, he got a no decision in that one because the, the Cardinals couldn't hit either. Milwaukee ended up winning that game in 10 innings, 3-2. to two. So he's certainly looking to replicate that tonight. They got a blueprint of how they want to get these guys out. But looking ahead at the lineup tonight for the Brewers, uh, guys like McCutcheon, Tyrone Taylor, uh, Urias, they've had a lot of success against Wainwright in their career. So uh, keep an eye on those three in particular during tonight's game. All right, now let's circle the bases around the league to see what everyone else is up to. Uh, I'm sure you heard, but if you haven't, we start with the Dodgers who beat the Diamondbacks last night 4 to nothing, to win the NL West division for the ninth time in the past 10 seasons, and they do it in 141 games, which is the earliest the Dodgers have done so since the franchise relocated to Los Angeles in 1958. Next, the Dodgers will try to secure a top two seed in the NL, ensuring that they can advance directly to the NL division series which is the rule in the new expanded postseason format. Then it's the top seed to secure home field advantage throughout. And what's scary about this team is that they've been doing this without Walker Bueller. Remember, he's done. Uh, Trevor Bauer. Remember they signed the NL Cy Young Award winner from the Reds two years ago? And Trevor Bauer, and he was pitching fine, and then he had that whole issue with the woman, and he's been suspended from the league. But, you know, they pay for that guy, and uh, he's supposed to be on this team, but they've been fine without him. Kershaw has been in and out of the lineup, in and out of the rotation, I should say, um, due to injuries. He pitched last night, though, and looked great. They've got a former NL MVP and Cody Bellinger batting ninth for them, for crying out loud. That's how stacked they are. I mean, stacked is an understatement when it comes to the Dodgers this year. How about the other team in L.A.? The Angels. Mike Trout goes 0 for 3 last night, which put an end to his consecutive games with a home run. An impressive run. He became just the ninth player in ALNL history 
to homer in seven consecutive games, falling one game shy of the record of eight games held by Springfield, Missouri's own Dale Long. Who? Yeah, Dale Long. He did it in 1956 with the Pirates. Uh, Don Mattingly with the Yankees back in 1987. And then King Griffey Jr. did it with the Mariners in 1993. Uh, Trout became the first player to homer in seven straight since Joey Votto last year for the Cincinnati Reds. Remember, he had that sick month where he just was corking them left and right and almost hit one for eight in a row. Remember, it went off the top of the wall in right center field. I think it was against the Mets maybe, but... um, yeah, he was like inches away from doing it eight games in a row. Uh, so Votto did it last year, and uh, he also became the first player to homer in seven straight in the American League since uh, Kendris Morales, who used to play for the Angels. But when he did this, it was back in 2018 with the Toronto Blue Jays. And speaking of home runs, you can't talk about it without bringing up the Yankees' Aaron Judge. My goodness, he is mashing them left and right. He hit two more on Tuesday Numbers 56 and 57, which puts him on pace for 65 this season. That would be the most in a season in Yankees history and also American League history. Roger Maris' 61 and 1961 holds both records. Judge has been on a tear in September. Six home runs in 11 games. And if and when he gets to 60, he'll be joining an exclusive club of just five that have reached that plateau. Bonds hit 73 in 2001 with San Francisco. McGuire did it twice with the Cardinals, hitting 70 in 98 and uh, 65 in 1999. Sammy Sosa did it three times with the Cubs. He hit 70 in 98, 63 in 1999, and then 64 in 2001. But you know those names have been tainted with the steroid era. So unfortunately, uh, you look at those with kind of an asterisk put next to them. So if you want to talk about guys that have done it and haven't been accused of anything, uh, Roger Maris, 61 and 61. And then Babe Ruth hit 60 in 1927. Uh, those are the only ones not under the cloud of steroids. And don't look now, but Judge has also got a chance at the AL Triple Crown. We've been talking about Goldie having a chance at doing that for the last two months. Judge's batting average has also been climbing up with his recent run. His average is now at 310 on the year, which is fourth in the American League behind Luis Arise, who is at 319. He plays for the Twins, and um, Judge already first in home runs and RBIs by a large margin, uh, way up in home runs, and then uh, ahead of, I believe it's Jose Ramirez of the Indians. Uh, I believe he's like double-digit RBIs ahead of him as well. So it's a possibility. Possibility. Triple crown. Not only for Goldie in the National League, although, again, struggling a little bit here, but uh, you've got Judge of the American League going for it as well. Uh, you remember it was um, back with Detroit, right? I think that's what it was. It was with, uh, with the Detroit Tigers uh, the last time it happened when uh, Miggy got the Triple Crown. So um, I forget what year that was. But anyway. It would be special. It's been an incredible season for the big man who, uh, by the way, is also a free agent after this year. After rejecting that seven-year, $213.5 million deal by New York. Now, the Yankees wouldn't dare let him get away, would they? I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I don't see why you would, but you never know. Someone could come in with a godfather offer that he can't refuse and take him away. You guys think Judge would look good with the uh, the birds on the bat on his chest next year? Maybe that's why they didn't trade for Soto. I, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just kidding. I don't think Judge is going to be a Cardinal next year, but it would be not a it wouldn't be a bad idea to kick the tires, would it, Mo? Give him a little check on him uh, in the offseason. We'll see. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan. 
brings the humor, the passion, and the unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. You can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. The first place Cardinals, despite last night's loss, first place still, host the second place Brewers tonight. First pitch will be at 645 from Bush. Again, Big night for Wayno and Molina as they get ready to set that record. Albert watches at 697, your magic number to clinch still at 14. And as always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time right here on Locked On Cardinals.